How many of you are set for Christmas morning? Anybody? 95th? How many of you still have shopping to? It's okay to admit that, all right? I tell you what, when I uh, think about Christmas, I cannot help but think about growing up and how special my parents, particularly my mom, made Christmas. It all started with Thanksgiving. As soon as the meal was over, the very next day, we would put up the, the tree and then start the decorations. And to my brother and I, it was like a signal that we were on the home stretch heading toward Christmas. And my mom was really strategic. She knew how to play the whole thing out. Because along the month of December, she would start to put gifts under the tree, one at a time, which just raised the excitement and the anticipation that my brother and I had uh, toward Christmas. And then the baking would start. And then the Christmas specials. Now, back when I was a young lad, Christmas specials didn't start till a couple weeks before Christmas. Now they start in September. But anyway... And we would watch those. Remember the old Rudolph? And then would uh, come the uh, uh, Christmas music. And then the decorations and all the lights. And we'd drive around and see the lights. And then would come the Christmas programs. And the choir. And the uh, cantata or whatever it was that was being done. And we were just getting closer and closer to Christmas Day. Finally, Christmas Eve would arrive. And on Christmas Eve, we had a tradition of going over to my aunt's house, who was just a a walk away from our home. And uh, the traditional meal every year at Christmas Eve was hot dogs. We would roast hot dogs in her fireplace and marshmallows, have hot chocolate, Christmas cookies. And then we would walk back to my house Beautiful evening sky, stars out, snow on the ground. It used to snow back in those days. (laughs) And uh, then we get into the house, and my brother and I would put our pajamas on. And uh, after we get our pajamas on, then we would create a a plate, a treat for Santa Claus. Yes, we believe there's little boys in Santa Claus. And we put a couple cookies on there that we had decorated. And then... My mother informed us that Santa Claus liked buttermilk, which I never understood. So we'd pour that sour milk into the glass, and we'd set it out by the tree, and then we would scamper off to our bedrooms because it was the one night that you had to get to sleep or he might not come. And Mom never had a problem getting us to go to bed on Christmas Eve. Pull the covers over our heads, fall asleep, At 5 a.m., we would be wide awake. And then we would tiptoe out into the living room because the bearded one may still be there. We might be his last stop. And we'd look down, and there would only be crumbs left on the plate, the milk mostly gone. And he always left us a letter. And he always had nice things to say about us. And then we'd run over to the tree and we'd look under the tree. And sure enough, there'd be some presence there from Santa to Dale, from Santa to Mark, my brother's name. 
And then we'd go down the hallway, and we would knock on mom and dad's door. And my mom and dad were great at Christmas because they had no issues with getting up. And they'd get up and saunter out to the living room. And I wish I had a picture of it because there my brother and I were in our pajamas, my mother in her warm, woolly robe, and my dad would have his V-neck T-shirt on and his boxers pulled up to his chest. <laughs> Just the scene. And we would start to open the gifts, and the anticipation was just met with all kinds of, met with all kinds of joy and excitement. That was, that was Christmas. Do you have some memories of what Christmas was like when you were growing up or what it's like now in your home? I can't begin to fathom the anticipation that Mary had for Christmas morning. For nine months, she had been waiting. And finally, the great day came, and Christmas was born. And she held, she held Christmas. She held Christ. She held God in her arms. And I just, in my imagination, I can't even begin to think of what that was like for her. To hold God in your arms, like the song says, to look at God and see his face. To feed him. To change him. To cuddle him. To try to interpret his coos and his cries. What wonder, huh? What mystery? Have you ever wondered why God chose Mary? Do we need to know why God chose Mary? I think we do. The reason I think we need to know is because it'll help us understand why God chooses us. And how we, just like Mary, can experience the power and presence of God. She felt it in her physical womb. We can experience him in our spiritual womb, our soul. But in order for us to understand why God chose Mary, we've got to kind of get rid of some of the misunderstandings that we sometimes have about Mary. For instance, God did not choose Mary because she was pious or virtuous, even though she seems to have been. Neither did God choose Mary because she was some kind of dreamy mystic. Neither did God choose Mary because she was perfect, nor did God make her perfect. Those are not the reasons why God chose Mary. So why did God chose Mary? And how does that help me understand why God chooses you and me? And what it means to experience God's presence in our life. Well, to answer that question, we'll let Mary do the talking rather than us guessing. And I'd like you to get your Bibles out. It's really important that you have those. And uh, turn open in your Bibles, whatever you're using, electronics or paper Bibles, 
Grab the Bible in front of you in the chair pocket if you forgot your own. And I want you to turn open, if you will, to Luke chapter 1, both campuses, Luke chapter 1. And let's look at this passage together. While you're turning there, let me set it up for you. God has already spoken to Mary through the angel Gabriel and said that she is going to, by miracle, as a virgin, give birth to the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. And God also informs her that her older cousin Elizabeth, in her old age, is pregnant with a child. What no one thought was possible for an older woman like Elizabeth and her husband, Zacharias, to have a child has happened like it did for Abraham and Sarah. Biologically, it's happened. God opened her womb. God granted that she could become pregnant. And so God can do that for her. Then God, without using any man, by the power of the Holy Spirit, can conceive his son into the womb of Mary. And all she needs to go and do is see Elizabeth to see what God can do. And so Mary hurries to Elizabeth, who's down in Judah near Jerusalem. Mary's coming down from Nazareth in the north near Galilee. And as she comes down and she greets Elizabeth, they are both filled with the Holy Spirit. It says that the child within Elizabeth's womb, who we know is going to be John the Baptist, literally leaped for joy. I didn't figure that out. Something very powerful was going on here, wasn't it? What a wonderful, wonderful, true story to excite our hearts and our minds this Christmas season. And Elizabeth says to Mary, you know, how humble she is, how blessed she is that the mother of her Lord, she knows what's going on inside of Mary, has come to visit her. And that's where we pick up the story, verse 44. Elizabeth says, when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he has made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. So why did God choose Mary and why does he choose you and me? Is it because Mary was so passionate? Because she was. I mean, read that text and it is full of passion. She's exuberant. She's excited. She's enthusiastic about who God is and what God has done in her and what God is doing for her and what God is doing through her. And she just erupts with praise. 
She is not anemic in her faith. Watching the young lady dance up here reminds me of God's grace and God's power and how God, you know, is reflected in his creation when we worship him, when we celebrate him. And I I just think about Mary celebrating God almost in song as she as she gives this word out and it wasn't quiet it was loud she was alive her faith was very much alive she was passionate is that why god chose mary because she was passionate no it's not why he chose mary well then did god choose mary because of her theological insight remember this is a teenage girl teenager. What tremendous theological insight Mary possesses. Moved by the Holy Spirit, yes, but the Holy Spirit's taking what's in her and bringing it kind of like fruit to a tree that's now bearing its fruit. And, and, and we just see the kind of person she was inside, her time with God, her understanding of God. She speaks of God's sovereignty. Reread it again later on this weekend. She speaks of God's sovereignty. She speaks of God's grace. She speaks of God's justice. She speaks of God's faithfulness. She speaks of God's mercy. Is that why God chose Mary because she was so theologically intuitive. No, it's not why he chose her. Well, then did God choose Mary because of her tremendous faith and courage? I mean, think about her for a moment. What faith and courage she had. God comes to her in an angel as a teenage girl, engaged to be married, and says, you're going to have a child. The only question she asks is, how? I've not had sex with Joseph or any man. And God said, you won't have sex with a man. It's going to happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I love Mary because at the end of it, she goes, okay. I am your maidservant. Be it done to me, just like you said. Oh my goodness. Had she thought through the ramifications? How do you explain that to your parents? How do you explain that to your fiance? How do you explain that to the nosy, gossiping neighbors? Faith. What faith? Courage. What courage? But that's not why God chose Mary. So then why did God choose Mary? Read the passage carefully, and I think you'll understand that Mary realized that God chose her because God delights and rejoices in using his glory and his power to reach down and lift up the humble and the lowly. And that's why God chooses you and God chooses me. Because God just loves to reach down and use all of his glory and all of his power to lift 
sinners like you and me to lift us up and exalt us into heavenly places. That's what Paul says. If you were to turn over to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, he says this, For he, meaning Christ, raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Now think about that for a moment. If you're a believer this weekend here at 95th, I want you to just, whether you feel it or not, I want you to at least grasp this, that right now you are seated in the heavenly realm, in God's presence, you are seated in Christ. Your down payment, your place, your position, it's already there. You live a double life. You have your life here. You have your life in Christ. And someday we are all going to realize our life in Christ. Won't that be exciting? Fully realize it. I mean, in the realm of heaven, we are seated in Christ Jesus. That is a wonder and mystery. No easier to explain than to explain how God came into the womb of a young teenage girl. Why does God choose us? Because God rejoices in using his glory and power to lift up the humble and the lowly. One of my favorite authors, theologians, a martyr for the faith, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, put it in a profound way. I'm going to read it slow and I'll put it on my blog this week if you want to read it again because it, it just is so impactful. Listen to this. Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes, referring to God, he loves the lost, the forgotten, the insignificant, the outcast, the weak, and the broken. When men say lost, he says, found. When men say condemned, he says, redeemed. When men say no, he says, yes. When men look with indifference or superiority, he looks with burning love, such as nowhere else is to be found. When men say contemptible, God cries, blessed. When we reach a point in our lives at, at which we are not only ashamed of ourselves, but believe that God is ashamed of us too, when we feel so far from God, more than we have ever felt in our lives, then and precisely then, God is nearer to us than he has ever been. It is then that he breaks into our lives it is then that he lets us know that that feeling of despair is taken away from us so we may grasp the wonder of his love, his nearness to us, and his grace. Isn't that powerful? Can you relate to that? Can you feel that? Can you sense that? See, that's why Mary said, she was blessed. If you go back to verse 48, Luke chapter 1, she says, For the mighty one, the mighty one who is holy, he has done great things for me. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. 
For why? Verse 48. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl and lifted her and exalted her up by his great power. See, Mary is blessed for the same reason that you and I are blessed. To say that Mary is blessed doesn't mean that we should pray to her or name a church after her or consider her to be some extraordinary saint. She's just like all the rest of us. To say that Mary is blessed is to rejoice with Mary that God would reach down to someone as insignificant as her and lift her up to such an exalted place and position. That's why she's blessed. And you are just as blessed. You are just as exalted. You are just as lifted up. I was thinking about that this week. And it was really good for me because it caused me to kind of go back and think about my own journey, my own life, which I think is something all of us should do before this year is over. I think I think it'd be good for you to go back and review your life and, and see how God has been at work in your life. And as I did that, I was realized, man, I'm as blessed as Mary. When I think about where I was and where I am today, I can only point to God. My goodness, as I reflected on, on my life, I thought, you know, I realized, you know, I was, I, I was this fat, freckle-faced kid with buck teeth, whose pants were, you know, so stinking short, pant legs are so short, you know, people asked me when the flood was coming. My mom used to put dippity-doo in my hair. Do they still make that pink stuff? (laughs) To keep it down and to build that little curl in my bangs. Yes, I did have bangs at one time. Kid who could barely pull C's in school. Who'd been abused. I had terrible, nervous tics. I was told by a school counselor not to even think about college. And and I think about that kid back then. And I think about how God reached down past all that noise and all that stuff and, and called me to serve him and to preach his word. And I can't explain any other way by which I'm here this weekend other than the fact that God just loves and rejoices in using his glory and power to reach down and lift up the low lives, the lowly, the disregarded, the weak. Because it gives him great honor. Because people can't figure it out. They can only say, that took a miracle. When I think today about how I am blessed, I think about the fact that I have a great wife. I think about the fact that I have three wonderful children. I have four extraordinary grandchildren. I serve the most wonderful church in the western suburbs, perhaps in the universe. I have good health. 
I, I could go on and tell you a whole list of things. I've been ministerially speaking. I guess you could say I've been successful, if you want to measure it that way. But you know, when I really think about it, that, that has nothing to do with being blessed. Because if you took all that away from me this weekend, I would still be a blessed man. Because the blessing doesn't come from what I have or what's been done. The blessing comes from God's grace in reaching down and picking me up and making me his own. How about you? Are you blessed? Are you blessed this weekend? Can you say, like Mary? Oh, I can't say like Mary. Mary, untouchable. That's man's perspective of Mary. I'm telling you what, no better, no worse than you. Can you say like Mary that you're blessed? I thought maybe I'd try to put this in art since I can't always say things the right way. So let's do a little drawing together. Maybe this will help. And I like to do this because oftentimes the students will come back to me, especially our, our younger kids, and say, you know, the parents would tell me, my kid drew that thing with you, and they understood it, and they were with you. So I kind of think at a kid's level. So uh, we'll do this together, okay? Uh, let's, just, let's just think about what we've just said. Let's just start with, uh, with God. Are we good? We're not good with our equipment. Let me see if I can fix it, because I'm very technologically gifted. I can't even fix it tonight. So I'm just going to tell it to you, all right? <laughs> I want you to think about... Uh, I want you to think about God for a moment, all right? I want you to think about God in his, in his power. Big God, infinite, awesome God. Do you know that it took all of God's power? Think about this. It took all of God's power to become microscopic in the womb of a teenage girl. You can't make that stuff up. And then he's born as a baby in the flesh. And then he grows up and becomes a man and reveals God to us. And then he dies on a cross for the sins of the world. He's buried in a tomb. And three days later, he comes out. And then 40 days later, he ascends to the Father. It took all of God's power to do that for one very simple reason. Why? You should know by now. Because God just loves to use his power and glory to get down on our level ah, and lift us up and exalt us through his son, Jesus Christ. I'm blessed. I don't know about you. Are you blessed? Then be passionate about it. Then be excited about it. Then praise God for it. Then be proud of it. Then announce it. Then share it. Because God is good. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me? You know, the only thing, the only thing that can interfere 
with what we've just talked about is called pride. Pride. Pride can keep us from seeing what God has done for us. Pride can keep us from experiencing what he wants to do in us and through us. It's just unimaginable in my mind that anybody would allow pride to get in the way, but they do all the time. Has pride gotten in your way? Has pride kept you from realizing how much you need God to lift you up and how much you need God to transform your life? May God help you see your pride and may you put your pride aside. And may you let God do his Christmas miracle in your life by admitting to him you need to be lifted up, you need to be changed, you need to be transformed. If you're here this weekend and you have not prayed to receive Christ into the womb of your soul and you're ready for that miracle by admitting you can't lift yourself up, you need God to do this for you, you feel weak, you feel lost, you feel hurt, you feel empty, then right now, right where you are, would you pray this prayer with me silently? Dear Lord Jesus Christ, I confess to you my pride and my stubbornness. I've been thinking it's up to me to lift myself up. Thank you for sending Jesus to do that. I admit to you my sinfulness. I confess my sin to you. Lord, forgive me. Lord, come into my soul and transform me. I humble myself before you. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me this weekend and sincerely meant it, would you just raise your hand quickly? God bless you guys. When our service is over, if you raise your hand, if you go out, please, to our Compass Central area, out these doors. We've got a gift for you and some information for you. We want to help you on your journey. Praise God. Thank God for you. If you're here this weekend and you're a believer, has your pride gotten in the way as a believer? Have you forgotten from where you came from? Have you been thinking it's all about you and what you can do? Humble yourself this Christmas season and thank God for what he's already done for you. Take your place in Christ. Rejoice in him. Father, thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.